When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast that pairs the albums of Billy Joel with fine wine. From Cold Spring Harbor to the River of Dreams, grab a glass of your favorite vino and let's dive into the work of the Piano Man. I'm in a New York state of mind. Throw the sun to the ground. But we went right on the show. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast where we talk about Billy Joel's career and fine wines. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm, I'm Bill Granberg. And Corey Cavan is grinning at me very strangely <laughs> during that intro, I want to point out. I uh, I think it was just that, you know, we don't really have a full intro yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I was saying it, I was like, I don't really know. I mean, this is like <laughs> what the podcast is. It is, yeah. it is, it is exploring fine wines mm-hmm. and it is exploring the compendium of Billy Joel. Yes. So everything I said was correct. It's, it's just true. as I was saying, it, yeah. I just wasn't sure. If you were just reaching for words and yeah. just amusing yourself as you were saying the words. It's it was like an alien who was like realized he could speak, but yeah. he thought it was so fun that he was speaking a human <laughs> <He's> language. Bligork <laughs> <laughs> has become real human now. <laughs> and he, he discovered <laughs> Billy Joel. Oh, oh. goodness. Well, yes. Hey, um, we have, we, we're at a great place today. Oh. If you listen to our last episode, mm-hmm. We were uh, we were serenading mm-hmm. street life serenading street life serenading, and uh, we've come back east today. That's right. Really, uh, really excited to cover the prodigal son has come back to He's, Long Island and to New York, and uh, this is the album that kind of cements Billy Joel as a New Yorker now and forever. Yep. The this album. is the album. This is the reason why he's been playing the garden and not the Hollywood Bowl. That's right. Yeah. Today, strap in. Woo. Four. Woo. Turnstiles. Turnstiles. Here we go. Uh, so we're going to talk about turnstiles. Yeah. But before we talk about that, the podcast is called Bottle of White, Bottle of Red. Yeah. And uh, as we have said, our wines for season one are. They are uh, provided to us by Celery Wines yes, in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Good friends from Celery. Our good friends from Celery. Uh, Catherine down at Celery. Listen, go to Celery Wines. It's spelled like wine cellar. Celery. Mm. They do free delivery on, on certain orders. Mm. Go to their website. Amazing store. Lots of great natural wines. Lots of great, I wouldn't say unnatural wines, but no. old world wines. Yeah. Just, it'll blow your mind. It's it'll, great. It'll blow, uh, it'll, and, and expertise, too. I mean, so. Yeah, they really know their stuff. You know, we've been asking Catherine to select wines for us um, mm-hmm. as thematically related to the album that we're talking about. And yes. as we mentioned, uh, this is his homecoming album coming mm-hmm. back to New York. So both of the wines we have today are from Long Island. Oh, from the BJ home. Boom. 
So uh, why don't we just, uh, why don't we hear about the white? Hi, Corey and Bill. This is Catherine from Celery. So for side A, we have a white from Christopher Tracy at Channing Daughters. These guys are based in the Hamptons. Um, this is 100% Chardonnay. It is unoaked, really mineral-driven, crisp, really refreshing. Uh, Christopher Tracy is... Definitely more of an organic, hands-off, non-intervention winemaker. He's very playful. He does lots of little batches of different things, and uh, they're all delicious. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. The Chardonnay seems like it's kind of like a housewife, like a housewife, a t- well, like, a, like yeah. a stereotypical like mom walking around, but maybe not. I mean, it, I think it's it's changed. Chardonnay is a grape, has a lot of, you know, prestige to it in, in its many forms and i do think yeah that that typical california chardonnay oaky is a very like yeah it, it's the it's the giant wine glass sitting yeah. on a porch yeah. maybe you know what you put some ice in it there you go yeah. it's that yeah that that um, really describes it Mm-mm. no there's a good minerality on this it really is mm-hmm. like and some almost like not overpowering like a green apple flavor a little bit yeah and that's that's I know that that's very exemplary of what Chardonnay is. Interesting. But usually you can't taste it because of all the oak. Uh, yeah, but, you're right. But yeah, there's no, it's like actually really light and clean. No, it's great. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, it almost tastes like an apple juice. I know that's going to sound wild, but. No, it kind of does. Like a good Martinelli's a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Uh, we're about to jump into turnstiles. Mm-hmm. Oh my we, God. We're about to plow through this bottle of white and get in there. I got to say, okay. I usually ask you this at the beginning and I will ask you the context in a yeah. second, but I just have to say that like, I think this is a very strong album and I'm very excited to talk about it. Yes. It's it's there's things that I've known about Billy Joel. Cause like mm-hmm. we came into this podcast knowing that like I was not as well versed in the catalog, mm-hmm. but there are definitely some songs that I know. And yeah. this one, there's some songs I didn't know that right. are like freaking just heavyweights. Yeah. There's some gems on this album. Oh, some real gems, but yeah. it, but it's, um, but it's the homecoming album too. And yeah. I think he like, he makes it, it's not only known in the history and the production, he uh, makes it known through the songs. In it. I mean, if yes, I mean, people will know probably the most famous song on this album is New York state of mind. Yep. Um, which, you know, New York state of mind, obviously it's about New York. Yeah. The cover of but, a cover of the Nas song, New York state of mind. Yeah. The cover of the rapper Nas's yeah, version. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. Um, I used to grow up on the New York Times side. No. Uh, <laughs> I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Uh, that's my impersonation of uh, Billy, Billy Joel. Billy Joel singing, singing Nas. Nas. Stick up kids on the parkway. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's kick things off because I think the title of the first song, if, if New York State of Mind wasn't, you know, explicit enough. Right. Number one song, Say Goodbye to Hollywood. I mean, the, that's you a kick it right off. Yeah, Say Goodbye to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so I, I read this, and it's pretty, mm. it's, it's pretty, um, uh, yeah, you, you can tell, but it, it's kind of an ode or inspired by uh, Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Yeah, I mean, it's that. The, I mean, let's the, just, the he, first beat. I'll pull those up while a, you're talking. Is a Phil Spector beat. Yeah, it's just, totally. so you, this you is, hear it, and you're like, that's this is Billy Joel. This is where we're coming in at this album. And now I'll find the Ronettes. Yeah. And you can just hear like, I mean, gosh, the, yeah. first of all, the Ronettes just mm-hmm. amazing. But here, yeah, this is what you get. <clears throat> this is Ronettes. 
I mean, yeah. Very similar. And I want to know what that little, I want to know what mm. that, uh, yeah. That instrument is. It goes, I think it's, I think it's a clavinet. I think it is a clavinet. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, he admitted that that was kind of an homage that he was doing to "Be My Baby." Yep. I mean, we'll we'll see his obsession with '50s and '60s music at a later album with these kind of like doo-wop inspired. Oh yeah, of I feel later like we'll on. Get there. But I mean, even later on in this album, there's a there's a song about the nostalgia of of '60s music that we'll get to as well. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, good. Say about it, Hollywood. I mean, this is. Uh, this is him kind of kissing off all the all the stuff that we've heard over, over the last two albums and yeah. kind of, you know, saying farewell to that life and to that version of himself. Well, and it's clear that like, you know, we've talked about it in the last in the last two albums, but like, I think especially Street Life Serenade, it's not when we said this last time, it's like not a happy album. Like, I mean, Captain Jack from uh piano man like there's there's like some darkness in that album but like street life serenade he kind of it's that it, you you put it really well last time you said mm-hmm. it's displacement he's yeah. just like kind of bummed out and displaced i feel like this is like he's he's packing his bags he's yeah. coming home and he is like in a freaking convertible just like driving away from the hollywood sign yeah. not looking back well what's interesting is the single of this album the seven inch the b-side you know what the song the b-side is no, I do not. And it's very unusual because obviously B-sides are, are either, you know, non-album tracks from that mm-hmm. era or from the same album. Stop in Nevada from two albums previous Come on. is the B-side to this. Really? Which is almost as if he's kind of like, you know, associating those two songs. Stop in Nevada is this travelogue out west. Yeah. This is a travelogue leaving California. No way. Yeah. And Stop in Nevada is, you know, as we talked about, it's this song about someone leaving a marriage that mm-hmm. wasn't working out and they're kind of traveling west to go to to go to this next life. So right. like thematically could be that. Also, maybe he's going to stop in Nevada and find the lady from that song. Yeah. Maybe that's what or he's doing. Or just get on this gas. One. He just could get gas yeah. in Nevada. That's very possible. I mean, he's it's... probably going to see the Hoover Dam as well. Yeah, why not? Uh, I don't know a lot to say about this song, except that it's really good. And uh, Ronnie Spector recorded her own version of Say Goodbye Hollywood with the E Street Band, that's wild. Isn't that weird? <laughs> after after he re- after he released this, she yeah, Ronnie Spector, uh, Ronnie Spector released this with the E Street Band. Yeah, so, uh, Bette Midler recorded a cover of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, Nigel Olson released a version of the song, but it didn't chart. Nigel Olson, uh, he's the uh, drummer for Elton John. Wow. Oh, interesting thing about this yes. this album that we should talk about very briefly is so he recorded this thing. Mm-hmm. He recorded this album in Denver. Yeah. And he recorded it with Elton John's backing band. Like he his Elton John's yeah. band was his band for this album. Well, so uh, yeah, Elton John Caribou was the Elton John Colorado album. Like okay. The album Caribou and it's it was recorded in Colorado and I think this was I think there was some overlap between the musicians on that. Yeah. And this. Yeah. Yeah, there was and so they they record it and then uh Joel was not happy with the production. Hmm, I didn't what, know that. Yeah. He, uh, I think I, Nigel Olson might have produced this at yeah. first, and um, he, uh, Billy wasn't happy with the production, and so he, yeah, it was recorded at Caribou. Um, no, 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 I'm sorry, it was produced by a sh- the sh- producer for Chicago. Oh yeah, James uh, Guercio. Mm-hmm. James Guercio, 
and uh, Billy didn't like it. So he took over as producer, took the whole album back to New York, and then he re-recorded it with his touring band. Wow. And that is like his touring band basically became his studio band at that point. Yeah. And then they were locked in. Yeah. Because yeah. the album before this, uh, Serenade, mm -hmm. he, Street Life Serenade, he did it with a uh, studio musician. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like, this is a real New York homecoming. Oh, yeah. Because he does it with this band, he brings yeah. him back to New York. And isn't it, you know, isn't it kind of full circle how he left New York because he, you know, didn't have control over the production and, and you know, Artie Zip or Artie Rip. Artie Rip. Released this From, sped up version. Yeah. So he leaves New York and now he's coming back and now he, he has the clout to kind of demand to record it the way he wants. I mean, that's it's very full circle. Yeah. It's it's very full circle and it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. All right. So say right, about Hollywood. Yeah. I, I like this track. I mean, it's, it's great. It's good. It's right. yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I feel like it's pretty. It's, it's no, like, it's no big, be my baby. No, is, be my baby, which is one of the greatest songs of all time. I will mm -hmm. say. Um, okay. Next second song on mm -hmm. side one, summer Highland falls. Yeah. This is a song that I, I forget. There's one on street life serenade mm -hmm. to me. I keep bringing up throughout this podcast. Yeah. I keep bringing up, uh, climbing up on Southbury Hill. Yeah. The Peter Gabriel Peter song. Gabriel, yeah. This, I feel like there's like a genre of 70s yeah. songs that has that level of like emotional tone. Yeah. And I feel like this song kind of has that. Yeah. This is, this is kind of, you know, another, we talked about there being a couple on the last album, but you know, his kind of, you know, middle of the road piano yep. ballads. Yeah. It, let's just give a little quick listen. You get this pretty standard Joel piano ballad right here. And the thing that does it for me yeah. that puts it in that, I think what we hear here now. It's uh, it's when the drums come, in, which is after the entire person. Oh, you're good. You're right. Yeah. Right here. Think. Yep. And then you get this kind of like he's like trilling around, almost like a pre-chorus thing. Yeah. You know what? This sounds like it's it's like the the genesis of like the the kind of the start of what would eventually become this is uh was it vanessa carlton the oh I making my walk. way downtown yeah yeah I, mean, I feel like it's like that song it's uh its dna is directly like from this i mean you okay so we just heard that but yeah you go to a thousand miles so close so close yeah. you're right totally yeah and she and when the drums come in on this song too oh wow yeah you're right Downtown, walking fast, faces passing. Yeah, very, very much the same vibes. Yeah. Speaking of, have you, have you ever seen Terry Crews in that in the movie White Chicks when he dances <laughs> to that song? No. Oh, we gotta watch. It's <laughs> it is one of the funniest. That movie's you can have all types of thoughts about that movie and yeah. you'll be right. But that mo that moment is very funny, and Terry Crews is very funny. I feel like the world is waiting for a, a, a huge rewatch revisit of White Chicks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I now's mean, the time. Now is definitely the time. Yeah. All right. So Summer Highland Falls. Uh, I mean, one thing that's notable about it is um, it's another song about New York. Mm -hmm. Highland Falls is a place in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and I, the one thing that struck me about this is like Moody Piano Battle, like you said, but there is yeah. a line that says something about like we something like we become either side. We are both sides of ourselves, either sadness or euphoria. Yeah. Which to me was like, that's like a picture of life where you're kind of like, you have the highs and you have the lows, but it's maybe also a picture of like who Billy Joel is that he's just manic. 
Right. Like, I think it might just be this thing where it's like, he's really focusing on these highs and lows in his life and he's getting art out of yeah. them. Uh, Cause I don't know if people are always just sadness or euphoria. I think a lot of people kind of live their lives in like middle of the road. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of middle of the road, my, like, the lyric that stands out that kind of saves this song and I think is really good is, you know, they, they, seize, they say these are not the best of times, but they're the only times I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I think it's the first line of the song. Where, so, yeah. They say these are not the best of times, but they're the, yeah, the only times I've ever known. Yeah. Which is just, you know, it's interesting. Like, yeah. you, there's a lot to unpack there, but it's also just like, yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's very easy for people to say, oh, things are so terrible right now, but we're, we're, you know, you're, you're only comparing it to some idealized version of where you are. And, and I feel like this statement is like, it's real. And it's also kind of defeatist at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a good argument. It's a weird balanced argument that Billy Joel is saying you have to live in the present moment. Yeah. He's basically like, he's like, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not the best, but like it's kind of all you got. And it's also, you know, it's it's kind of a, a peon against self-pity. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, like you don't know. Like people are saying these are terrible times, but, you know, they're all, you know, so make the best out of it. I mean, before the sadness and euphoria thing, he says, for we are always what our situations hand us, right. which is true. Like yeah. you're I don't know if that's what you are, but like that is what you got. Yeah. You got what what the president is handing you. Yeah. So for me, I think like this song I think some good lyrics, some interesting piano stuff, but it's also like if this if this song was on the last album, I'd be like, okay, this sounds middle of the road. Yeah. I don't I think agree. this is one of the better songs on this album or in general. This is kind of one of the more forgettable turnstiles cuts. That's true. And I think there are other songs on turnstiles that that speak this message in a more memorable and better way, which we will get yes. to. All right. Uh, so. Real quick, just checking on the wine. How are you? I almost just poured wine in my water. How are you enjoying this wine? What are you? What are you? A, a New Testament prophet? Um, uh, I'm really enjoying this. I mean, this wine is like yeah. incredibly drinkable. It's almost like a dry cider. I know yeah, we keep right. make, so we keep making the apple thing. What's yeah, interesting yeah, is you're, like New you're York right. State is, you know, apples are grown in New York State. Mm -hmm. We always talk about like what's the climate in New York and like, we have falls, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the soil goes through a lot of changes. There's a lot going on. So the, the, you know, the harvest and the, and the wines in the summer, it's, it's a much different process than out in California. Yeah. And I actually, I, I prefer this. I would drink a New York Chardonnay on Oak, obviously, but, um, over a California anytime. Yeah. This is great. It's a very drinkable, nice wine track number three all um, you want to do is dance this right, is an interesting so song this is i i'm just gonna, this is a wacky song <laughs> i'm gonna pull it up as you start talking about but this is what is fun about this, this song album. has some weird stuff going on in here um first of all i think mm. it may be the first and only sample in a billy joel song what do you mean so if you play through, I think it's in the first verse, he talks about being nostalgic for the Beatles. Right. And they actually, there's a sample, and I think I know what song it's from. First of all, this start, it's kind of got like a weird dub feel a little bit. Well, it does. And then it has like synth, calypso, like steel drums. Yeah, it's got, yep. But not real steel drums. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're not. Right. Oh, baby. So he talks about liking the Beatles. Hold on, wait for it. 
you oh hear that? Oh my gosh, that's so that is that's uh, uh oh what song is that? That's it's, it's you won't see me from Rubber Soul. Wow, which I can, that is the actual sample. I can I I mean I'm I I I couldn't find production notes, but like that that is a sample, like that has to be a sample. That's um, crazy, right? Hold on, right there, yeah. So the background, ooh la la la, that's that's sample. I mean, I can't. I either he either he he might have recreated it. But that's what that's what's interesting is because if you remember like the history of samples, it wasn't until hip hop kind of like eighty nine. I feel like is when samples like actually became problematic in the sense of like legal terms. Mm-hmm. But I think before then, like I feel like this is a sample. If it's not a sample, it'd be interesting to try see. to look it up. I, just like directly. Yeah. If it's not a sample, the interesting thing about it is um that he probably he probably recreated it because that happens a lot in hip hop albums. They'll just recreate a drum fill and kind of like as an homage or like basically like building off of something that's there. But it's interesting to me that like we're this is 77. So this is uh, six years into Joel's like album releasing career. I'm trying to think what were the Beatles doing at this point? Like what, where are the Beatles careers in 77, 77, 77. I mean, they've all, it's all solo. They all yeah. split up. This is what, so this, this is what kind of like bugged me about the song is like, it's, it's being nostalgic about the sixties. It's being nostalgic about some forgotten time. It's being nostalgic about freaking 10 years ago, <laughs> which like, I think it's easy for someone to listen to this now and say, okay, I, I understand being nostalgic well, about the Beatles, but like, that's literally like if we right now, like we're nostalgic about like the LCD sounds, the, the, thir- the third vampire weekend album. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, Oh, you're so nostalgic about modern vampires. Yeah. It's like, it's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it kind of changes the context of like, well, what he's talking. About. He has a line that he says, like, I think you are lost in the seventies. Mm-hmm. He's writing this in the mid to late seventies. Yes. He's writing, he's probably writing this in 1976. Yeah. He also, there's another thing where he says like, you wish you were back in the good old days when tomatoes were cheaper, which is mm-hmm. just, you know, being like, everything was different. When I was a kid. Yeah. Weird, weird way to be like, yeah. you know, prices were different when tomatoes were cheaper. But like he says, and you never heard the words of your favorite songs through a three inch speaker, which yeah. is something that maybe transistor radio yeah. or something. And then he's like, you never messed around with dangerous drugs. You were all getting sick on beer. And then he says, you didn't get any, you didn't get any unless you went steady and made out for a year. So it's yeah. like, he's like roasting people that so are here's like talking. It seems like he's like roasting people who are like messed up hippies or something. Here's my take. I think he's dating a much younger woman and he's talking uh, about how like oh, in, the yeah. se- in the summer of love, she was just like a teenager and she was like, and she was just and, like getting messed her, up with her friends. It was like, Oh yeah. Like the music you listened to was the Beatles. That was your high school music. You weren't listening to it through a three inch speaker. You were listening to it through, you know, you know, turntables and, and audio systems. He's nice. basically saying like, we're, there's an age gap here. Interesting. And so, which, which kind of would make sense. That would be like someone in, you know, in their thirties, now singing a song where they're like little girl like i was i was you know i was listening to nirvana yeah i was the age listening to nirvana when you were listening to that vampire weekend album right 
Totally. You know, and like, I, 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 I bought that Nirvana CD and I put it on my stereo while you, you know, you streamed it on your phone. Right. Totally. That's my take. I don't know if it's the case. No, but that Billy Joel has definitely, you know, slept with and, and married people that were much younger than him. So right. that's that. But no, that's interesting. And that would make sense. It, it, he is talking to a younger audience because you're right. Mm-hmm. It would be weird for us to, like, make fun of the nostalgia of yeah. LCD right now. Yeah. But. Yeah, uh, yeah. LCD thing is like a weird one because it's so close. But you're right. Like also close. I mean, I don't know. And then the all you want to do is dance is like, you know, you're you're young. All you want to do is fun. Like I I get that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like someone in their 20s right now, they just want to go out and dance. They want to have a good time. Yeah. Curmudgeons like Billy Joel is saying he is. Yeah. It it seems like he's dealing with some of these things is like kind of Pollyanna a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it is like, or like, just being... or like a Dolores Hayes Lolita type situation. Yeah. 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 Long Island Lolita, man. This is about oh, it. Shit. This is about, this is about freaking, uh, <laughs> what is it? Amy. Amy uh, uh, oh, it's, uh, Joey Amy, Fisher. Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher. And Amy Fisher. Yeah. This is the prequel to Joey Botafuco and Amy Fisher. Oh, my God. Oh, there you go. All right. We're rounding out. Okay. Yeah. Rounding outside one. Other, other interesting thing is this album is only eight songs long. And it's only 36 minutes long. True. So we finished that song. Yeah. And then we get to what I would say is arguably one of the most recognizable and iconic Billy Joel songs ever. Absolutely. We get to, uh, if you are listening right now, you can mm. probably guess what it is. We get to New York State of Mind yeah. right here. Which, you know, it's the, the last time we heard such a vampy piano intro was piano yeah you're right totally you know and and the thing about new york state of mind is this is this is show off joel dude it's so much it's I like mean, ridiculous i mean this song ugh, okay we have to sp- we obviously have to spend some time on it but like i'm just interesting as someone who's like not from new york like you are yeah what does the song mean to you uh me not being from new york yeah. well this is the thing like like like, like to me i'm like eh, this song yeah like but, i get it this is part of my childhood it's like yeah new york state of mind whatever for you like did this romanticize new york when you were growing up this does make me feel like <clears throat> the same as i was saying about not really knowing much about billy joel not growing up in new york this does make me think of double decker buses it makes me think of like you visit New York. It it seems like it would be like buses are more like London than New York. This makes me think of red phone booths and police <laughs> bobbies. This makes me think of high tea. Uh, no, it just makes me think of like it makes me think of tourist New York. Like it makes me think of like Thirty Rock. Like it makes me think of things where it's it's a person's for someone who didn't grow up here. Yeah. It's a person's idea of New York, but it's like a dad. It's like a dad's idea of New York taking his family on vacation where it's like it like you could see a dad yeah. taking their family to like a not great Italian restaurant in Midtown yeah. and mm-hmm. the dad going deciding to like splurge on a cigar from uh, what's that place? Nat Sherman that used to be. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. And then him just being like New York state of mind, baby. We're yeah. here. Yeah. You know, like it just it. But there's a part of it where like me personally listen to this album so much this week and i was like i don't like this song i don't like the song like there's so much of it that it's like this is this is billy joel well, if like if we're gonna talk about wine 
This is like a heavy Cabernet yeah. and steakhouse song yes. with a big cigar. Yeah. It's somebody in like a big, long black top coat who thinks a limo is cool. Yeah. And is like, this is the Peter Luger's of songs. This is, but, but not even Peter Luger's. This a is jeans. like, this is like the Morton steakhouse. Yeah. Of songs. Oh yeah, you're right. It's, it's like a, a newer, it, it, like it. Yeah. It doesn't even have the like, yeah. It doesn't have a classicness of like a Peter no. Luger or a Keynes would. You're right. It's so literal and obtuse. And what's interesting is, and we will get to this because holy shit, but like compare this to Miami. Good Lord. I, I can't wait to talk about that. And you are talking about like, <sighs> there's such contrasts in writing style. Yeah. Because this is so literal. So and yeah. that song is the complete opposite. Yeah. Which, like, I guess you can say in perspective, like, okay, this is like a sentimental ballad and it makes sense. Yeah. But even with this song being like six minutes long and having multiple just like, we, there's a part near the end that I always remember and I always groan when I hear it, but it's just like, I'm in a New York. I'm saying I'm in a New York. It's yes. just like. He's already doing the live version on yeah. the record. Yes. Totally. And it's like, it's such a luxury to do it. But yeah. I mean, I will say as someone who we've both established, we don't love this song. Mm -hmm. I will say as someone who didn't grow up here, one of, one of the things that drew me to New York as a kid mm -hmm. is I loved David Letterman. Yeah. And when he's talking about like the New York Times, <laughs> the daily news, Dude. it does remind me of seeing like the bumpers for Letterman when he mm -hmm. went to commercial and yeah. you would see the, uh, yes. the sidewalk, um, yes. newsstands. Yeah. It was and like, like, it does, it, it was like the Times Square. Yes. It feels, yes. it does feel like, iconic new york sidewalk yeah. you get a freaking coffee from a coffee cart in those little greek in the little greek yeah. coffee cup mm -hmm. and like it is that version it's yeah. like it's like the same thing of like the snl commercial bumpers like of yeah. the 90s like yes. it, it does feel like that look there is a nostalgic new york like and it's honestly like it only really exists in midtown that's true it really that's it it's like a midtown thing. Like New York means so much and it has so much going on. And like, <clears throat> I love it. But if you want to like mainline New York, if you want to actually like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is like, oh shit. You know, I'm, I'm peeing taxi cab yellow. Now <laughs> you go to time, like you go to Times Square, but you also go to midtown. You go to like the fifties where like the big buildings are and like where the Letterman studios are. Like yeah. that's where you walk around yeah. from like the Times Square to Central Park, that whole section yeah is like this song in block form it's like that, it, there's that version of it and then if you yeah. want to get another hit of it that's like a little grosser you go over to penn station oh yeah you go to penn station and you go to port authority and you like i mean that's port i mean to me that's like you're that's like lou reed territory that's like <laughs> Like but you go shooting to, heroin, but you go junkies. to like current Port Authority, like the, when he yeah. said when he talks about like, yeah, I'm taking a Greyhound. So I always, I've always taken problems with that. Like, there's no Hudson River line. Well, the Hudson River line Hudson is River the MT, line is it's Metro the train. North. Yes, it's the train line or like Amtrak. There's no Hudson River Greyhound. I I want to look that up as we're talking because I, mean, I, I that's the thing I thought I was like yeah the Hudson River line it's taking. It's the it, you see the Hudson River going up in the train yeah. and it's like a beautiful train line. But like, that's the thing, though, is like I hear Hudson River line and I'm like, I immediately I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. I know that feeling. Yeah, but it's not a freaking <clears throat> Greyhound, dude. But there's also I mean, there's also another thing. Also, where... sorry. <laughs> to 
the New York Times and Daily News line, I got to say, <laughs> to equate those two papers in one sentence, I just, it's I like, it, it's almost like you just named things. He's just trying to but rhyme. Like, who, who, who reads, reads both of those? No one. I've read each of those. Of course. Like, there's no, there's no world where it's like, they, those are equally as essential. No, it, it, he at least not that these are on the same like par of journalism, but at least yeah. be like I, if you're going to look for iconic ones, it'd be New York Post and Times. Right. Different newspapers. But who when's the last time someone was like, Bill, did you read the Daily News today? But like, I like the Daily News is great. And sure. like, for those of you guys listening, not in New York, the Daily News is a it's a it's probably the headline writers of the Daily News are like the best. How compared to like the post? They're both the same, except the post is like very like Murdoch Empire, right? Right wing, right? Crazy, right? Well, not crazy. I mean, it, it it's a, it's, it's a sensationalism very much like, on a on a certain side. It has an agenda. Yes, it has, and an it agenda. goes it dates back all the way to like Alexander Hamilton mm -hmm. created the post for a very specific yeah. reason. Yeah, like it's always had an agenda because he wanted to have a sold out Broadway show one day. Yes, that's why he did it. Yeah. Uh, I'll read you this from the Greyhound Bus Facebook page. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's right. It's Billy Joel's New York State of Mind. The song first appeared on his album Turnstiles in 1976. Actually, I believe it was 77. Uh, while Greyhound doesn't actually have a Hudson River no. line, our route from NYC to Albany follows the Hudson River up the New York State. So even Greyhound Bus okay. is like, we don't. Sorry. Well, they're capitalizing on no, it. No, like, I... All right. Anyone listening right now, if you <laughs> came to New York and you have to show like a ticket stub or something, but if you came to New York and like love Billy Joel and you were like, I want to experience this. So you went to Greyhound and you took a bus to Albany. I will pay you your money. Back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, like, what, yeah. You're going to 87. Oh, cool. I, I just went over the Tappan Zee Bridge. There's a, I, I, went, I went over the, the Mario Cuomo Bridge. <laughs> I saw the Hudson River from the Mario Cuomo what? Bridge. What? And then, uh, then we stopped at the um, Sabaro on the on 87 <laughs> at one of the travel plazas. Yeah. What is the what is it? The van, the there's the aqueduct. There's like the van sky aqueduct or something up there. There's you and I have like walked. <laughs> it's at the very top near the Bronx. Anyway, it doesn't matter okay. near, near Riverdale. There's like some sort of like weird bridge. That's one of those like New York. Dutch mm -hmm. words that I can't remember what it is. Oh, you're talking about you're not talking about Spite and Dival. Maybe I'm talking about the Spite and Dival. Spite and Dival is great. Now, now this kind of gets into what this song is about. It's just like <laughs> random old New York references that don't really yeah. paint a picture. It, if I had a version of, of this song, I'd be like, the Spite and Dival and Gray's Papaya. It's totally that. Oh, Gray's Papaya. I mean, to me, Gray's Papaya is like more, you know indicative of new york and like evocative yeah i agree i agree but it just oh. this this song is um the, this song is i mean this I mean this in a non-disparaging way because mm -hmm. i think new york is one of the greatest places to come visit mm -hmm. but this this song it sounds like he created it for like a new york tourism campaign oh sure and like it just there's a lot better billy joel songs out yeah. there. i understand why it's iconic 
Yeah. And I understand why it's like a classic I mean, New York look, song. I, I would say this this song is right up there with Alicia Keys, Jay-Z. Yeah. Like it's the same bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it's but I same. like the, I like Alicia Keys, Jay-Z better, to be honest. It's like the same like New York vision board saying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, but hey. here's the thing: I I a hundred and fifty percent like forgive this song because of Miami 2017. I love the juxtaposition that mm-hmm. they make for each other, and I will say this: I'm guessing he had to think about it. Ending side one yeah. with this, and then ending side two with Miami 2017 is a pretty brilliant freaking move. Well, I think uh, I, I think there's I think there's something going on. We can get into this in the second half, but I think there's something going on with both sides of this album doing something very specific. And hmm. I will tell you my theory. All right. Well, we'll do that when we come back for side two and our next bottle of wine. It's a bottle of red. I said wine. Oh, bottle of red. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Catherine, what is our bottle of red? So for the B-side, we have a red from the North Fork. Um, This is coming from Floral Tehran's. This is a natural producer operating in a very, very small garage-like winery. This is 100% Cabernet Sauvignon made in in a way that's a little softer, a little more drinkable, very lush. There's some carbonic maceration going on here. You get a little bit of a zesty cinnamon red fruit thing going on. Coming from the the Long Island area where Billy is from and uh, in the great state of New York, which she returned to. Going with our theme of coming home and Long Island, uh, be specific. I know uh, North Fork, Long Island, um, Roslyn, New York. Roslyn. Roslyn. Um, It is a Cabernet Sauvignon, um, which is a very heavy wine traditionally. Um, But as we saw with the Chardonnay, a little difference between the New York varietal and the West Coast. So I'm wondering if this will be a little lighter. I see that it's 13% alcohol, which oh. is light for a Cabernet. Yes, yeah. Um, shall I? You shall. Ooh, a little pop there. A little, a little pop. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, interested to see what it's like. Here's my glass. Uh, let me pull my own. Um, uh, I'm interested to see what it's like because, you know, sometimes when we go between bottles here, we, 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 Maybe we eat a little bit. Yeah. No, we just, we put a little chili. Yes. And I would say, if you're looking for a warm, uh, like a, a a winter warmer, some chili and a cab fab would be great. We haven't had it yet. But yeah. If you're looking for a food berry, uh, so we are going to try this, and then we're going to get into the second side of turnstile. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, first thing, this does not look like a cab. It looks. So it I looks see purple. I'm gonna smell it first. Smell is, oh, wild! Mm. Ding dang, dang! Yeah, um, wow! Oh man, this is like weird as heck. Sounds like grape soda. Yeah, dude, it's like it's very, it's very effervescent. Yeah, very like fruit for, but kind of yeah. like grapes and cherries. Yeah, well, definitely grapes because it's warm. Right, but uh, it, it tastes like grapes. It's like a fermented grapes. I I will say, you know, like who knows about tasting notes, but. If I was to pin my palate on this one, 
It's, it's almost got a little vanilla in it. Yeah. A little, like, a little weird vanilla aftertaste or something vanilla. like that. Vanilla. This is we have, uh, like cinnamon almost. Floral terrain. Yeah. yeah. But Double like not things you'd expect there. from a cat. Like yeah. I wouldn't drink this with a steak. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, as we continue, I wanted to take a quick second to talk about the uh, the cover art. Yeah. Uh, talk about it. So if, if you're not if you're not looking at the cover art right now, it is a uh it's very literal. Um yep. turnstiles with Billy Joel just standing at a subway turnstile looking at a you know staring staring at an aerial camera. camera looking down and he's surrounded by a bunch of other people. Apparently each of these people are supposed to represent a song. Yeah, there's yeah, there's like a couple that I think are the people from uh, "Say Goodbye to Hollywood." Mm -hmm. um, I guess there's a uh, mm. person that will be in the next song we talk about. I, I I'm I'm guessing there's someone from Miami 2017. Yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, everyone every character yeah. in there looks like they're supposed to be someone from one of the songs. They also yeah. seem like they're from like Billy Joel, the off Broadway musical. Like what's weird. Very... Yeah. This is this era of like album covers that were kind of like cheeky. And I mean, I think glass houses is probably his mm -hmm. cheekiest, but it almost reminds me of like rush album covers. So for, yeah. first of all, I don't know if you, if you ever seen moving pictures, it's the best, one of the best album covers of this era ever, because it, it, it works simultaneously on like three or four different levels. It's weird because moving pictures, mm -hmm. I, maybe it's just because of the building. It kind of reminds me of physical graffiti. Oh, yeah. Zeppelin one a little bit. Just because, like, I think that's the art museum in Toronto. If I okay. know my I mean, it's, literal, it's, literally it's literally people, people moving, moving pictures. pictures. But then the pictures themselves are of movies, moving pictures. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Um, so I feel like turnstiles is like one metaphor short of that. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into side two. Yeah. So, okay. First song on side two. Mm. Gotta say, Joel has a lot of these, like, what, what I think I forgot what you called them, like, uh, yeah. mid tempo ballads. Mm -hmm. This one works. This song is called James. Almost like a little, like, marimba. It's not a marimba, but, like, some sort of synth going on there that, that sounds like. Um, it does kind of sound like a marimba mm -hmm. or some sort of like jazz organ. I'm looking at the cover, I think James is the guy in the back with the books. James. No, because he we went off the screen. So this song, yes. you, you texted me From earlier this child. week and you were like, James is fantastic. And I think yeah. I texted you back and I said, James will make you think about your life. Yeah. It's it's basically, it's you know what's interesting is we talk about this being like a Billy Joel coming back home. Mm -hmm. This is him coming back home. He's full circle like... Mm -hmm been sad fought through yeah now he's back doing what he's doing and he's walking through the streets of new york after playing his songs and he runs into some dude that he like went to high school yeah with. and james went off to go to college mm -hmm. and it's basically like have you did you live out your dreams it's it's like kind of a sad song yeah i mean it's 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 very much a what could have been what happened? We all, we both took our own paths and both have our own kind of thoughts on things. John James, do you like your life? I mean, right there. Yeah. Do you like your life? Can you find release? And will you ever change? 
Will you ever write your masterpiece? I mean, that right there, yeah. it's like, are you going to realize your life, James? Like, that is, and he's not saying it in an accusatory way. He's yeah. kind of being like, are you happy? Yeah. You, he's like, I went on the road. I went to be a musician. You followed what your yeah. family wanted you to do. And that almost you makes follow me your feel dreams? like it wasn't so much a friend. It was like someone he played with. So the, the, uh, a bit of research I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he said, Billy Joel said that he... It's James Gandolfini. It's James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you were my boss. Do, do you like to eat? <laughs> Gandolfini famously loved When you wake up in the morning, do you have a boom boom in your feet? <laughs> I forget. I don't know what they're saying in that song. Which, in which song? The, the Sopranos. Sopranos. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it? Woke up this morning, got a boom boom in my eye or some shit. Woke up in my. (laughs) Why are you singing it like it's the wire? I don't know. It just reminds (laughs) you of the wire. Just like a. (laughs) It was like a Tom Tom Waits version. If you walk. How does the Soprano song go again? It's like woke up this morning, got a boom boom in my. Woke up. Why are you singing like Tom Waits? I mean, that's what it is. All right. Um, <laughs> oh goodness! Um, no, it's a uh, it's a it's a amalgamation of people that he yeah. grew up with. It's basically, okay. him looking back on people that he knew, being like, you know, did you just being like, no? Yeah. It's kind of like imagining everyone at your high school reunion and being like, yeah. And you know, Billy Joel can say this because Billy Joel, mm. he's like, I followed my dreams. Yeah. I think he probably had no other choice. He was always going to do it, right? But did the other people do it? And there's a couple lines in here that he says, like, um, are you still in school yeah. living up to expectations? James, you were so relied upon. Everyone, Everybody knows how hard you tried. Um, oh, look at what a job you've done, carrying the weight of family pride. It's, it's, it's kind of a person who's, like, very dutiful and put upon their whole life. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that they're having a bad life, but, like, I think Billy Joel is just kind of, like, checking in on someone and being like did you live for you there's another thing that he says um oh what is it it's uh do what's good for you or you're not good for anybody Mm -hmm. and i do think in the wisdom of joel yes we talked about there is something to be said where he's saying you got to take care of yourself right and i don't even think that's a selfish thing i think it's just like you have to take care of your own it's it's basically like if someone's drowning you can't get in the water to save them if you're in a plane you got to put your oxygen mask on mm-hmm. first that's what he's telling the person oh wow. he's like wondering if they did that yeah and he's like you like james i know that you got a lot of pressure on you but like if you really want to succeed you got to take care of yourself hmm. that's interesting musically so i kept listening to this song this week and i'm like this song reminds me of another song and i, I can't figure out what it is and then i figured it out did, did, you, did you figure it out I know what it reminds me of. Okay. Should we, should we say it at the same one, two, Ooh. three? Yeah. Okay. One, one two, two, three. three. Arthur's theme. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. It does remind me of Daniel when you say that. Yeah. It reminds me of Arthur's, it reminds me of Arthur, yeah. uh, themed Arthur on the Rocks yeah. before the chorus kicks in. Sure. But you're right. Dan- it really is like Daniel. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, even like the Elton melody sounds similar of like, it's, it's a very like light kind of. And it's I see a, why you think Arthur too, because like it is that kind of light 
like an adult contemporary light, yeah. like all uh, kind of melancholy, yeah. but not fully. And I, but I feel like the thing that also Mother like sold it, yeah, like that little like it's whatever, totally that, it, yeah, whatever that instrument is at the beginning, it's, it's kind of like yeah. that. But to me, yeah, the Daniel thing too. It's like it's a yeah. name. It's a name of a person. True. I guess Daniel's his brother. I guess Arthur also name of a person. That's true. Yeah. Wow. Um, what if Daniel, James, and Arthur just got together? <laughs> and they were his uncle Billy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a barbershop quartet. Oh, who else would be in there? And it would just be Billy. Um, um, no, but like, yeah, it's the same thing. And it's just like it's talking about someone they know, but they don't. They don't really know. It's like one of these. Yeah. There's one of these songs where it's like, I know you, but what's going on in there? Like, who are you? Yeah. What's who are you really? I think it's a little bit of like, like, it's a little bit of like the person that you knew from high school or something like that, and that you were maybe never super close to. You weren't close enough to mm -hmm. be like, I'm gonna pick up the phone and call him right now. Yeah. But you were always kind of fond of them or curious of them, and you're like. I wonder if they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. And you might even be kind of worried about like, ah, I really hope it turned out okay. Yeah. That's kind of like what I feel like this might be about. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, and I, it's I feel like even the emotional tone sad, of the song, though. it is sad. Yeah. It yeah. is. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very much like you can never go home again type situation, which totally. is like kind of a flip side of, you know, the, the joyousness of coming back to New York, like this song kind of hits you right off the bat for the second side of like, OK, well, guess what? Like things have changed and you're not going to truly know what the path would have been if you stayed. You are a different person. You know, yeah. you went on and did something different. Well, one thing that I think is pretty interesting is we're home in this album. But mm -hmm. in the album before this, he, you know, he wrote The Great Suburban Showdown. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like his I'm not comfortable here. Yeah. Now he's back. But it's kind of like I'm a new person. Right. I'm like a new person yeah. back here. Like I don't. I don't even recognize right. what I was. Right. Uh, great song, James. All right. Second song. Oh my gosh. I mean, classic. technically, is it two songs? Because we've got the we got the mm. slash in there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So this song is classic B. Joel song. Mm -hmm. Prelude slash angry young yeah. man. Now one of the uh in in the research and most of the time when we yeah. say research, we're talking about Wikipedia. Oh. Or course. just random Google searches. But they say that We uh, do it so you don't have to. <laughs> On bottle of white, bottle of red. Bottle of white, bottle of red. Make sure you give your three dollars to Wikipedia. Just kidding. Someone else always does. Um uh the beginning of this song, the the like staccato yeah. Zicato is apparently supposed to sound mm. like Wipeout, the song hmm. with the drums. Like, yeah. So, Wipeout. I used to be able to play Wipeout. <laughs> not, that, not this part, but this part. Yeah. So, yeah. I read something that was like, yeah. he was trying to kind of play the like drum thing like show the uh was that six, the, the, the 16th notes with like the accents like at very punctuated parts of the measures yeah. so you play drums don't you i do and i actually used to be able to I, you know let me see if i still got the wipeout. oh uh, here we go yeah yeah got it um that's, that's all it takes right it. there um yeah it's a it's an interesting opening so you know it's funny i was i was texting with our good friend anthony Maiale. oh yeah he was saying Maiale. um 
Emmy Award winning Anthony Allen. True. Emmy Award. Yeah. I'm I'm speaking into an Emmy right now. Not his. Not his. Um, but uh, he was saying that this opening, <laughs> this piano opening of his song, reminds him of a fish song, like a fish opening. P H I S H. Which um, I'm trying to think what he would, what he's thinking of. I would say maybe you enjoy myself. If I, if my fish knowledge is, you, okay. is that the name of the song? I think it's. it's that's that's a little different. I mean, I can kind of feel like there's definitely some percussion going on here, like kind of like a. It might, be, it might be. Hold on, is it gonna do it now? I will say this. Anyway, as someone who's not a big fish fan, yeah. I feel like that sounds like what I imagine fish <laughs> song to sound. Like. That was actually a pretty atypical fish song. I mean, that sounds um, like that could. Go I might on be for, thinking of something else, but like, like I, there's a fish. Yeah, I I know what he's talking about. It's this very like piano orchestrated, like right. kind of twisty turny type song right. in the beginning, and that's prelude, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's prelude, and then you get into a little more. A little more of a break, mm-hmm. um, which is, which I guess would be "Angry Young Man." Mm-hmm. Um, which let's see, that's Prelude. We kind of this this feels more like the fish thing right here. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he meant. I don't know. This is not fish. No, that's a monster. So this is interesting to me. I don't remember if this mm-hmm. was the, I think. Yeah. yeah. When I was doing research on this song today. Yeah. They're talking about how it's been played at so many things. And um, they actually, they said that it swings through a bunch of different styles. They even said an Aaron Copeland style mm-hmm. ballad funk. Okay. To, which Aaron Copeland. Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Uh, also Ruby Rag. No, that's more Joplin. I guess. Yeah. Ruby Rag. Scott Joplin. But the genre that this song is put into mm. is prog rock. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah, because it, I mean you look, you 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 move through like at least three different styles sure. of music before you get yeah. to this the song. Then you get here, but you've gone through so many steps yeah. at that point. And this yeah. is yeah, that's more of a typical like chord Yeah, and then you even get into this kind of like slower break. Right here. So, like, explain to me real quick. Yeah. We've talked about this before. What is prog rock? Progressive rock. Which means? Um, it means that. And it probably. I think is. it's just it's tr- it's pushing the boundaries of what rock songs could be. Okay. Like, Bohemian Rhapsody is a prog song. Yeah. Like and it. It, it, it has sounds like different four different sections songs. to it. It goes on a journey it kind of like yeah it, it it's it and it's also like about showing off the like you know the musicianship of the of the band members okay so okay. i mean that stuff was obviously happening a lot in the 70s um i'd say like yes or elp or king crimson and like you know those are kind of the big prog bands mm-hmm. um and like the joke and probably the cliche of prog rock is like Oh yeah, the album's two sides, so it's two songs. Like they would do sidelong songs, mm, gotcha. Because it's like, cool, let's push what a song could be. So Billy Joel's like using the elements of that to make pop piano songs, essentially. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I think he's just he's kind of working some of that into the DNA of like what he's doing. So like, you know, yeah. he, he has this very I almost think it's smart. I mean, we kind of joked about root beer rag and like, what the hell is this doing on this Good last God. album? But it's almost like he had a version of that, which was prelude. And instead of making it its own like thing, he made it to the intro to. um, To this other song, right? And like, that's not uncommon. Like, you know, like Van Halen eruption into Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. So that's like another example. Like gotcha. you have this thing that's like. Not really the same song, but you're using it as this segue into the song and it's mm-hmm. meant to be connected as this one suite. Mm. So that's like kind of what he's he's working with there. Mm. Yeah. OK, I'm a little I'm, I'm a little interested in. And if you know less than you knew before I started, then I, I described Prague correctly. There you go. <laughs> no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in the lyrics Mm -hmm. they're pretty self-explanatory yeah he's describing the angry young man who he's always at home with his back to the wall he's proud of his scars and the battles he's lost it's just like it's a very angsty young man it's him and it's a younger him right that's all it is angry young man is younger billy joel Uh, yeah i mean we've talked about how he is an angry person yeah. You know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, we can't wait to get to the Russia, the Russia I mean, live and, concert. You know, and, and this this is on that concert. He does play that. This is the oh, second sure. song on that. Yeah, I mean, dude's like... Actually, technically, it's the first, but yeah. Dude's like full of passion and anger. Yeah. Like, he is the... And I think it's like he's the angry young man, but I think he is old enough now to see that. Mm-hmm. But that in itself seems very mm-hmm. existential. And like, I think what's interesting is like this album feels pretty tight. It's only eight songs. Yeah. But like, all you want to do is dance. He's like saying, you won't think about the future. Right. You're stuck in the past. Yeah. Um, he, there's like a few songs where this is an ex- existential album. Yeah. Kind of couched in this like, sort of like, yeah. Tight pop album. Yeah. Like, and totally. I feel like you see that in other Billy Joel ones, but like, I feel like he's pulling off these existential yeah. things actually pretty well here. I mean, like, I think since Piano Man, this is the most cohesive. It might be more cohesive than Piano Man. Yeah. I feel like this album has a statement that kind of runs through all the songs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're right. Because Piano Man, we get travel. We said Piano Man has his Traveling West album. Yeah. It's got a real theme. Yeah. I mean, Piano Man, I feel like if, I don't think it has one, but like, I feel like if you handed me a copy of Piano Man and the entire thing was in sepia tone and it was covered in dust, like, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It feels like his, like, Oregon Trail album. Sure. And it's, it's <laughs> got, it gives you dysentery. And, and then you dive a snake bite <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you have yeah. to hire someone to help ford a river. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's <lot>. it. <laughs> Always take the raft. Always take the raft. But you're gonna get dysentery. Yeah, really <laughs> That's what it is. Um, Them squirrels is good eating. <laughs> oh, I shot the bass player, but I can't carry enough meat back to the studio. Oh boy, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do think the A side and B side complement each other. Like mm. it, it's it's all right. Yeah, I mean so A side is, you know, you even mentioned it. It's like it's whimsical. It's like looking towards something hopefully, and this one is like bitter and angry and and kind of like yeah the less romanticized version of both coming home and you know looking inward at yourself but it's interesting because it's like now he's here yeah 
Like I think in the other ones, he was like felt weird about it. All right, so this makes me excited to move on. Yes, I've loved these days. Oh my god, I've loved these days. I'm gonna say this right now. Yeah, you album MVP. I mean, look, really, I my Miami is one of my favorite songs of Billy Joel's, and we'll we'll probably you know go into that at length. But but I've loved these days is like. I mean, it is like, especially for like an alcoholic, like Joel, like, it's just like, this is a song of like resigned kind of like decadence. Yeah. I don't know. To me, this song feels like we're going to get, we're just going to get a taste. Yeah. Of let's talking. get a quick taste. I mean, well, keep talking. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it out. There's like stuff that like we're gaining weight. I mean, the song is about getting older and saying like we can't, we can't burn the candle at both ends anymore. We can't, we can't be drinking. Here's the swell right here. So yeah, you're right. It's like, is it a song? Yeah. Is it like, is it like parents that have kids that are like old enough to be like? In the morning, the parents are the kids are like, "Yeah, what time did you go to bed last?" Yeah, time? like it's just like like you're like life is catching up with these people. Life is catching up to you, and like you realize, like, oh wow, like I can't live this type of life forever. It's not sustainable. It was like I, I look and I can see how destructive it was, but. <clears throat> I love God that. damn it, that was fun. Yeah. And it's like this weird, like, it's like nostalgia. It's like being responsible, but also being nostalgia for not nostalgic for not being responsible. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So I heard a rumor that this song, mm -hmm. and this is from like the Turnstiles front cover. Mm -hmm. This song is about a couple in Los Angeles, hmm. and it's him looking back on his party days in LA. And there is a couple in the front. Yeah of the turnstiles album yeah it's a woman in like a ball gown with a fur and a guy in a tux yeah they they look like um they, they look like a gatsby kind of version of no, a couple sure, for sure so i wonder i wonder if some of this is him leaving that party life behind in la too yeah that could Which be it's funny because yeah. i don't think he left the party life behind when he got to new york no <laughs> i feel he like he kept going him. yeah i don't think there was anything of him being like well i'm gonna hit the gym yeah. and, and drink raw eggs and seltzer oh, yeah. every day all right, so great I song. love these days. Great song. We 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 gotta move. We're getting close to the. Uh... Oh man! All right, I I in in one sense, and you know what? Yeah. Like we don't want to we don't want to keep people too long, but I sort of feel like yeah, this album, and maybe this this far in the podcast has been leading up to the moment we're at right now. I mean, I will say, so far, every song we've done on every album, this is my favorite. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. I, I, yeah, there you go. It's gonna make you sneeze. It's so good. I was thinking when we we end mm -hmm. side one, yeah, with New York State of oh, Mind, yeah. and to me, I was like, dude, Miami twenty seventeen is one of the best Billy Joel songs. And I'll even say this, yeah, like, as I was listening, I was like, it's it's just a good song for whoever. Oh, it's yeah. a fantastic it's song it's like okay if you're at a billy joel concert new york state of mind comes on 
the dude beside you mm-hmm. puts his arm around you. He's like some dad from Sagaponic Heights. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, uh, New York State of Mind, man. Hey, you know, you, you go to Radio City, you watch old yeah. Blue Eyes. Like, New York State of Mind is, it's his Sinatra song. But then this song comes yeah. on, and it's like subversive to where everyone's freaking pumping their fists. Like, everyone goes nuts at this song. Yeah. This song is about the end of the world and specifically the end of New York City. The end of New York City. It's, a, it's so, amazing. I just think as the end of this album. So this album is about leaving L.A. Say goodbye. To, he says goodbye to Hollywood first song, right? Yep. Great point. Then he's in a New York state of mind and then he's back and he's reconnecting with old friends and he's, you know, saying that he used to, he loves his partying days and but he has to leave them behind. If you look at like a movie of this album, Mm-hmm. This is like the this is like the the last scene in like twenty fifth hour. This is like this thing where this is like, the end of Fight Club. This is when they hold hands and they watch the right. debt clocks. But re- it's also like he, you know, like this whole thing is about a transition back to New York. And like the lingering question is, all right, well, will he stay in New York? And this is a jump forty years in the future, mm. and he fucking stayed till the end. Yeah, and it's like this is a widescreen version of like. Hey, Billy Joel's back in New York and he'll be back in New York until it all falls apart. And this song is it all falling apart. <laughs> My favorite thing about this yeah. is we talked about samples earlier. Yeah. But I love that with all the oh gosh, I dropped my phone. That's fine. With all the Billy Joel stuff happening, this is how this song starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so this it's, is proggy. Just the production is proggy. It's, it, it just starts with like a siren. Yeah. Like And then, and then these haunting, these like weird sirens, and then him just. I mean, like this, this is beautiful. And and we've talked about this before, but like I really do get Axl Rose vibes from this. I feel like Axl, this is a hundred percent like estranged or this is, or yeah, this is yeah, this yeah. is Axl on User Illusion. Listen to this, totally influenced by this stuff. And then just right here. And here's what's amazing about this song. It's not called Seeing the Lights Go Out on Broadway. It probably yeah. would have been a much more popular song if it was. Yeah. It's not. It's called Miami 2017. And it comes out It comes out in 77. Yeah. So he's looking 40 years into the future. Which, by the way, that was four years ago, which is insane. It's crazy. And what's interesting is the Miami, you only get that in a very offhand lyric towards the end of the song where he yeah. says, we all moved down to Florida. That's it. That's the only reason it's called Miami. There's no reference to Miami. There's no talking about it. It's because at some point he says, we all moved down to Florida. Yeah. Every lyric in the song is about New York. For, and we don't know why. That's what's amazing. I mean, my only thing is, this goes into Billy Joel's origin. Mm-hmm. Is it because he's from Long Island and a lot of people from Long Island retire in Florida. Yeah. So he's just like, once they blow up New York, we're just going to yeah. accelerate the retire- retirement process and go down to Florida. Yeah. Like, is it just like an escape? I mean, this is escape from New York. Yeah. This is a hundred percent escape from New York. But what's so crazy is that it, it could have been this like very broad thing, but the imagery is so specific. That's what I'm saying. Someone could make a movie out of this and it would work. Somebody needs to, because it's like, just- it's like, you know, 
they threw a party down in Brooklyn to watch the bridges blow. I mean, it's the movie. It's, like, Clo- it's Cloverfield, but it's a party. Yeah. It's a hundred percent that. But it's like, or or it's like I am legend. It's like, yeah. But why did they have to blow the bridges? I don't know. And also, like, why did why was Queens okay? They let they like something happened. They blow. I feel like Queens s- Queens was okay because Queens is connected to Long Island, and so he was like, in my fantasy, I'm going to spare Queens. But he's like, life went on beyond the Palisades. Yeah. <laughs> they all bought Cadillacs and left there long ago. Mm-hmm. So everyone's already left. This is just like it's like the end of time. It's or or it's just the end of New York. Yeah, something happened. Like like. It, well, so he said. I mean, it, the the crazy thing about this song is he's played it. At benefits, since he played it at a September 11th benefit. Yeah, and he said at the September 11th benefit, he said something about being he like, like when I, I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> what? They're in league together? Um, no, he said he was like, he was like, I wrote this song as a science fiction song. Yeah. He wrote it as like his like H.G. Wells prediction. Yeah. And and then, but then he said he was like, I wrote this science fiction song, but he was like, but the thing is about now we're actually coming back. And like he said that at the, at the, um, yeah. 9-11 thing so it's like it's a weird it's a weird love letter to new york yeah, even oh, though yeah. even though it's like a science fiction song about new york ending yes it's crazy and it's a it's more of a love letter to new york than the saccharine new york state of mind new york state of mind so much it's such a great song and it does like this song does give me chills yeah, yeah totally in like a real way and like we've talked like Billy Joel can be ironic. Billy Joel can be cheesy. Like this song does give me chills. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, there's also like weird thing. I mean, yeah. like this is in the seventies. He says like, um, he says like the, uh, before the mafia took over Mexico. Yeah. Like, I mean, the cartel was happening in the seventies, sure. but he's like, he's looking into like he's a dark dystopian, future. but he's also like, he's world building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, like, is. Like, I know. I like, know. This is like a HBO series where you're like, there's stuff happening all around. This is like Lovecraft Country, but Billy Joel 40 years ago. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah, totally. Um, and then he says, "There are not many who remember. They say a handful still survive yeah. to tell the world about the way the lights went out and keep the memory alive." I mean, yeah. it's like it's like weirdly beautiful. It is, dude. It's freaking even cloud- like, it, like you know what it is. It's Cloud Atlas. You want to know? You want to know? The, little you want to know the true, true? The true, true is Miami twenty six. <laughs> this is this is the cloud atlas this of. Uh, you're like, what is I, okay? Like you're, you're right. This is very much. I don't know. I I I love it. I I think it's a great song. It's a fantastic song, and it's also like such an outlier, based on I think on everything we've seen so far and everything we'll see since like never did he really write this kind of like there's always an element of autobiography and like obviously there is autobiography in this and the sense of his kind of deep connection in new york right but there's something so like fictional and speculative about this that he doesn't really usually do Mm -mm. 
that that's the thing I like about this song. Where I'm like, say what you will about Joel. There is definitely some cheesiness in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best part about Ruby or Rag is that someone made it into a Nintendo game song. <laughs> but like, to end an album like this, your yeah. Come Back to New York album, with just a crazy, emotionally fulfilling so- futuristic song about mm-hmm. the destruction of New York, yeah. a dystopian universe. It, it's amazing. It's awesome. It, it's really awesome. I mean, it's just... It's, also, I think a triumph of a song like this is that you can... Anytime you can play a thing at a concert and people are pumping their fists, yeah. but they don't realize what they're pumping their fists to, yes. you've done a great thing. Yes. And that's like what this song is. You know? There's no, but there's a there's a level of resilience. It's actually one of his most hopeful songs, even though it's like the city was destroyed. It has, it's the first time that nostalgia feels earned and proper. Mm. I think mm. in all, a lot, especially of, in an album that's full of nostalgia. Yes, in a lot of the other songs, like nostalgia can either be bitter or oh, this was bad. But somehow, because this is all speculative, because it's in the future, looking back. At now, it's somehow the nostalgia works and you don't feel guilty for feeling it. Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting place to close because mm-hmm. I feel like it's an album where he talks about nostalgia and say goodbye to Hollywood. He talks about it and all you want to do is dance. Um, it's, an, it's nostalgia because he's coming back home uh, to New York. Yeah. And then I think I think one of the... I can get philosophical. Please do. As Billy Joel did in this album, and he got existential. One of the bravest things you can do mm-hmm. with your own nostalgia is to is to look at all the things that are your current nostalgia mm-hmm. and just blow them apart. Yes. And he went into a fantasy where he basically was like, I love this place and now I'm gonna destroy it. Yeah. Which kind of like brings him into like the present moment of himself. Yeah. He brought himself home, and then he like obliterated that reality. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Which is crazy, yeah, because it's kind of like, all right, if I ever leave here again or not, it's gonna it's gonna blow up. It's gonna go away. Yeah, like I made it back here, but here is not worth thinking about. Yeah, which which means he's gonna push on, and yeah. which means that you know, I think just to tease up, like the next album. Is his crowning achievement. Yep. The next album is his his uh his critical and uh I guess it would be his critical and his uh mm-hmm. commercial breakthrough. Yeah. The stranger. Oh man, very excited. Next time we'll cover the stranger. Thank you to Celery Wines. Thank you. Thank you to Billy Joel. Thank you. And thank you to Artie Rip for really setting us Jeez. on this journey. Artie Rip. Thanks to Artie Rip. It would have been great if, if Miami 2017 just had a one little like dig and just like, you know. And the comet hit Artie Rip's house. <laughs> they tried to make us sing faster, but they got hit with disaster. Uh, thank you, Artie Rip. All right. This has been Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, hosted by Bill Granberg and Corey Cabin. The podcast is produced by Jeremy Balin. If you enjoyed this episode, check us out on the socials at Rosé Instead. That's Rosé underscore Instead on Instagram and Twitter. 
The podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. For more information on the wines featured in this podcast, check out celery.com. That's C-E-L-L-A-R-Y.com. Thanks for listening.